Hey, welcome back to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. This week, as usual, I'm joined by Jason from Frozen and Carbonite and Mike Munzenreiter. And we're talking about Gino Iannucci, Spot Doctoring, and Quasi's I Survived School Today board. Who doesn't love Gino Iannucci? Last week, Hi Snobiety released a video with Gino promoting new goods from his brand, Poets. Jason, what did you think of that video? Yeah, I mean, well, like, they're giving the people what we want, right? Like, everyone's always like, oh, so, you know, I, I just want to see Gino push, blah, blah, blah. And, like, he was mostly uh, pushing, right, in the whole video. Yeah, yeah so, not a lot of I tricks. Mean, uh, I don't think it's for, like, the hardcore, like, skate nerd or whatever. It's for a different audience. I don't even know who the audience of High Sobiety is. is. Yeah, it's not for the, it's for, like, a more fashion type of audience you know what i mean so it was cool i fuck with it i i because like uh i'm super into menswear and shit plus i skate so i guess i'm like the target audience for this brand and it was cool we got some shirts with like se hitting which was cool you know good conversation starter if you're going on a date with like a middle school english teacher and uh the pink the pink cardigan's pretty dope i hope someone gets me the pink cardigan for hanukkah they gotta have a good hanukkah budget that thing's 398 dollars yeah yeah that that would be like all eight nights <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it it was cool. You know what I mean? My whole thing with Gino is like, I think he's pretty like, based on what I've seen and read and shit, he's pretty like, you know, critical of himself, and he doesn't want to put some whack shit out there. So, I mean, it was cool. But one thing I noticed, he's always skating in some like obscure indoor soccer shoes. Like, what were those? Yeah, yeah they were I definitely mean, not. Go ahead, definitely Mike. not like the mainline SB. Just to clear that yeah. up, yeah. Uh, you have to ask. I like I've seen them at the Nike store. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to ask a hardcore shoe nerd, even hardcore than myself, because my shoe knowledge basically extends to like skating and basketball and maybe running. But I don't know; they look pretty cool. Yeah, they, those definitely caught my eye, as well as the uh, the pink sweater and the jacket looked pretty dope. I think I could pull that one off. I don't think I could pull off the sweater, but. Going back to Gino and high standards, uh, I was talking to Kevin Wilkins a long time ago about Gino, and he referred to Gino as a, uh, a tortured artist, which I, I really liked as a description for Gino. But I kind of felt like with this one, with the park footage in there, it felt more like a um, like an aging artist phoning it in. You know, I I thought the piece would have been stronger without the park footage. It just it kind of soured me on Gino. Yeah. And the dude Even if it was just like skating through the street, like just doing no compiles or whatever, and like a switch nose slide or something, it would have been cool. But yeah, I don't think Park Footage really uh, ties into the brand narrative of what he's trying to do. But like, he's a middle aged man, dude. He's a middle aged man. He's like 45 years old or whatever, you know? So it is what it is. Very few people like can keep skating ledge, like ledges and manual shit until they're mid 40s, like maybe like day one. But he's like whatever, an alien. So yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I guess I'm not going to try to necessarily hate on Gino. I, I, I'll just point out, man, he's been he's been leaning on the park footage for at least since like that Nike video, uh, Nothing But The Truth. So I guess. I guess I'm kind of more with Templeton just in the, like, I guess I was looking for skate footage, and, and Jason, you made a good point that, like, that wasn't a skate clip. That was more of, a, like, a promo clip for the brand, and yeah, yeah. yeah I noticed I noticed the shoes, too, because I kept staring at the board waiting for a trip mm -hmm. to be done, and they kept, like, toying with me. Yeah, I, I definitely pick up on the art vibes, and, like, tortured artist is a good thing, though I, I kind of err on the side of, like, like, is, is sometimes that tortured soul thing is that like fake depth or i don't know what it is man it's like i i, I kind of i honestly think the dude is kind of unknowable 
and like part of his longevity is that we're able to just project whatever we need to onto him. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that has any grounding with anybody else, but like, you know, was he on the nine club? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He did one of those, but it's like, I, I don't know if I, if I really like learned much more than, than the stories, you know, you can usually pick up some, some insights into the person beyond just like their first sponsorship or their first board. So yeah, he's, he's a, he's an enigma wrapped in a $398 sweater. It's not hating. It's just, uh, he's, he's very interesting as everybody knows. Yeah. I mean, but like his skating brand is so strong that he could probably have a board forever. Like, I think he's, yes, he still has a board on fucking awesome. Right. I think it's hockey. Oh, we switched over yeah. to hockey. I thought. Uh, all right. I don't cool. know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well. Uh, well. I mean, either way, like, yeah, like his, uh, you know, he's one of those people, like I guess Steve Caballero, maybe in uh, Cardiel, who's like skate brand is so strong that they can just have a war forever. I guess shout out Diaz Zamero for keeping the brand strong. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like he can have a board forever, but I I don't know. He's got a protect the brand a little more yeah the inclusion of park footage in this was pretty sad to me i think same like shortly after or maybe even the same day as i saw this clip uh jenkum shared some other park footage of gino and it just as a an avowed uh, park footage doesn't count person it just kind of hurt me a little bit more and then he had that dope frontside nose slide at the nike tf and i was like fuck like there's a ledge like a block away. He could have done yeah. a frontside nose slide on, and it would have been way radder. But he just did it in the park. It's like, oh. like in Portland. There's yeah, in Portland. in Portland. Yeah, there's oh. a few. There's literally oh, you. Did. You can see a ledge spot from the Nike Park. It's not the greatest. None of the, none of our spots are. But you know, it's a spot. Isn't there that one spot with the uh, the red and white ledges? Isn't that in Portland or something? Yeah, that's Lincoln. That's tough to skate. You know, shouts to Silas for all the shit that he's done there. And any of the locals, the ledges are hardly grindable. But uh, pretty fun spot to check out for a little bit. So I'll throw in like two more cents about Gino and just park footage and high standard. Like Jason was saying, I, I do wonder if like there is something about thinking too hard or, you know, being doubtful about one skating, but feeling good in the park and like shit, maybe he's just into it. And that's what he's putting out. Um, cause you know, there's the, I, I, I'd rather watch him push trope, but like a lot of these old legacy dudes, like girl chocolate, OGs, however you want to term it. Like, I'd love to see Gino do a pretty simple ledge line, but it, it's going to look good. It's going to look dope. And like, same thing with Rick Howard, who, uh, seems to be allergic to putting out footage anymore. Like, I, I have a feeling those dudes just don't feel like that, like anything that they put out is up to standard for them. And so uh, creates a weird bind for us fans out here. Yeah, I mean, like Rick Howard the same way, like pretty sure he doesn't want to put some, you know, whack shit out. And like Carol, Carol the same way, you know, any, any of those dudes that were like elite at that time. But like one more thing about Gino, you know, at least he's not out there trying to juice Instagram or whatever. You know what I mean? Like a lot of other older pros. Yeah, and I, I, I was thinking just about like, his output like it always seemed like there wasn't that much but if you start doing the math like dude's got a grip of video parts not so much in the last couple of years but it's not like you know some guys who i mean uh i think tom penny gets lumped in with gino quite a bit and like you know tom penny's like legit tom penny air quotes output 
was really little, like in a really short time. So it's not like, not like dude's uh dude doesn't have something to sit on as far as a legacy goes. You know, you could also make the argument that like, you know, most of Gino's finest work was in a park in the world park. And yeah. it was kind of a different time. And everyone always brings that up when, you know, the world park was a park, blah, blah, blah. But still, like, you know, some of his finest work was in there. So that's worth something, I guess. Yeah, I, I think the world park in that era, skate parks were a totally different beast. You know, especially the world, car, world park felt like an exclusive club. You know, it wasn't, you know, some ugly concrete thing that's in every suburban neighborhood. You know, it felt soulful, whereas a lot yeah, of skate yeah, parks sure. don't. Yeah, with the graffiti and everything. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, if not soulful, <laughs> I guess I'd pick a different adjective. And, you know, it, it, exclusive, I think. I mean, you're watching that World Park footage and you're like, damn, I want to go there. I want to kick it <laughs> with those dudes. Come on. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, and I mean, park footage of today is, is a whole different beast that I'm sure we're going to cover in a later show. But uh, no, I, I'm not going to get into it tonight. <laughs> but skate park adjacent is uh doctoring spots we've all done it to some degree or another add some wax maybe some bondo maybe a piece of plywood at the landing or a ramp up the curb we've all done something to make a spot skatable but where do you draw the line what's what's too much spot doctoring mike what's too much spot doctoring i think um i'd say making a spot skatable by like making a crack a little bit easier to get over or you know making it skatable but not making it like altering it a bunch is legit yeah so again that falls on a spectrum but then there's just like making a spot easier to skate if it were already skatable and that's kind of where i draw the line um and if I have like one other thought, I guess I had two rules. It's, it's that first part. And then like you can doctor a spot a lot more if you've got a chance to make some money skating that spot. <laughs> like that adds legitimacy to your doctoring. But um, yeah, I was never much of a, a spot alteration type guy. Like I definitely had some years where I had a big old sign in the trunk. Like that was pretty um, standard. I feel like at a certain point probably is for for people that get out on the daily to skate in the streets. But uh, yeah, I mean, wax, cool, bondo, okay. Ramps up curbs, you're getting into questionable territory, I think, because, you know, the ollie was invented. uh, Did I clarify the uh, ramps up a curb thing? Like, in what context would you put a ramp up a curb? Like, Say there's like a, maybe there's like a handrail that's like 10 feet from the curb. So oh, if you ollie okay. up the curb and then try to hit the handrail, it's like really hard. But the handrail is so perfect, dude. I, I got the perfect trick for this handrail, but I can't do it if I ollie up the curb first. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's out. You can't do that. I don't know. I don't believe in that. That that's like fucking when all those like rail kids in the early two thousands, like they could do like a Smith grind down like a twenty stair rail, but they like couldn't push or like had no flat ground that kind of shit nah i'm not i'm not not a fan of the fucking ramp up a curve but uh before i get more into this what's your take on like diy ledge spots like that one place in la that one place hippo land here in richmond that was kind of big legit or not legit diy ledge spot to me that's that lies somewhere in the middle because it's it's not like a sanctioned skate park right it still has that like rebellious diy 
Like, it's probably in a shitty neighborhood. There's probably lots of fucking rocks around. It's probably kind of imperfect, so hard to skate. It makes it a little more acceptable. But yeah, I'd, I'd say it's like a halfway between street and park. You know, for me, park footage is 100% unacceptable in your video part. It should be all street. But, you know, if you got to just fill out your part with a couple of things, uh, <laughs> hit up the DIY. But keep yeah. off the tranny. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think DIY ledge spots are cool because they usually look cool on video. Like, there's some graffiti and shit, like you said, shitty neighborhood or something. So, yeah, I, I think those are legit. But uh, angle iron, I think angle iron is fine because two of the best ledge spots ever, like Pier 7, someone put angle iron on it. And Newport, for those who don't know what Newport is, that's that one, uh, like, yeah. wooden bench spot that, uh, like, Anthony Papalardo and Brian Winning skate a lot in photosynthesis. That wouldn't even be a spot if some fucking saint had nailed. I don't think he even used, like, screws. I think he just nailed angle iron to him. And that became, like, a really dope spot. So, yeah, angle iron's cool, in my opinion. See, those are two, like, splendid examples to make angle iron cool, because otherwise, I just think of, um, you know, taking, taking a... Fool's taking a ledge that wouldn't be skatable upstairs or something and liquid nails some angle iron on it. And yeah, that that I feel is like sort of illegal, but I can't really come up with a good reason why. <laughs> I mean, it probably does fall in that same realm. So uh, maybe, uh, yeah, Pops and Winning's legacy there at, at Seaport has changed my mind on it, or at least I didn't have a good argument before. I didn't even know that the Newport ledges had been augmented by skaters it just blends in it just looks right so i think that's how that's like got to be a consideration because it you know it's all about aesthetics and how everything looks and if you yeah, slap yeah. some angle iron on a brick ledge it's like obviously you've done that but if right. if it blends in and if you can get away with it i'm fine with it yeah pier seven's the same way like i didn't even know that people put angle iron on there i thought they just came like that for the longest of so. That's cool too, I guess. Yeah, I really. I what about like, the city did that or something? So yeah, yeah, like the, same. Yeah, whoever did did a really good job. But, but uh, what about like rub bricking ledges? Dude, sometimes you got to do it. Like I, I've yeah. rub bricked plenty of ledges, and you know it, it's going to make your life a lot better. Uh, yeah, I rub, I rub bricked a ledge a little while ago, and it was like icy the first time I skated it, and then just last week I found a spot that was painted so i was like oh, i won't rub brick it i'll just like wax it and i waxed it the paint immediately chipped off and now the ledge is like a fucking nightmare i'm trying to break it in but it's like a lot of work and i'm like fuck i wish i just rub bricked it done a good yeah, from the yeah, start yeah to me like rub bricking is like advanced waxing if you know what to wax you got your golf wax you need a Go like one extra step that you just rubber it. So yeah, that's cool. Yep, I'm good with oh. that. I've never actually done it, but definitely good with that. I'm gonna bring up the landing pads again, just because um, there was a time when dudes would skate rails that like you know would have four feet of concrete, and then they put a bunch of plywood after. I'm saying thumbs down on that. Like ride into the grass and ride it out, or or, or you know. Leave the plywood at home for those purposes. Yeah, fully agree. The thing that met, that I don't like about a landing pad is you'll see like a rail that's on the side of some steps. And if you pop out, you can get back into the sidewalk. But if you, you know, you're leaning a little too far towards the grass, you'll land in the grass. So they'll put a landing pad down so they can cut in 
And usually when they land it, they didn't even need the landing pad. So just get rid of the landing pad and land your shit good and you'll have a good looking clip instead of doing it with the landing pad. And then I'm like, oh, that kind of doesn't really count. Or like you landed it perfect without the landing pad. So like, why is it even there? You're just fucking up your clip. Well, it's just like, you know, whatever rules I tried to lay out there, you know, it's it's just making the spot easier to skate. Like it's still skatable without your, you know, like bondo up top and a little uh a little plywood and like yeah let's light it up too i don't know it's just like skating a spot shouldn't involve all that shit don't make it easier to skate make it skatable do do the least amount of work to it to make it skatable i just like who was that was it like sean young who had that it's in uh eastern exposure zero so i'm probably i'm missing the source material but like he grinds some san francisco ledge and there's a big ass crack in it and 50 50s over it like okay don't bondo that ledge you know yeah yeah someone did that in the sour video i don't know if it was the like the sour solution or like the uh bonus one but someone like backside 50 50s over some hubba like with a big ass crack in the middle and it was fucking tight but uh wait here's some other things that i wrote down that may or may not be legal any type of like launch ramp device on street, like in Sorry, where they do those tricks over the uh, LA River or whatever, there's there's no need for that. What do y'all think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I feel like the the stuff in in Sorry was just like some stuntman shit. That wasn't yeah. even like that was like more akin to the mega ramp than street skating. Yep. Yeah. Big, you know, big time video of the time. Big production. They had, you know, they they probably had budget for that or you know, tied it in with some magazine. So it, it fit in with the vibe of the video. But like, I mean, what Tyrone Olsen is uh, notorious for, you know, tranny transitioned oh, yeah. launch ramp to flat bar grinds. And it's just, yeah, I, that's I, awesome. I don't know who's, who's, who's a big fan of that necessarily. I mean, like it has, I, I'll, I'll go devil's advocate because, you know, Olsen's from Madison, Wisconsin. He's from my neck of the woods, but uh, it has a time and a place for fun, but don't, don't don't give me that as, as some serious stuff because yeah it's unneeded we don't we don't need tranny launch ramps to to grind yeah throw that shit in the credits that that's exactly. not has no place in your video <laughs> part yeah or even like motorcycle towing like you don't see that many anymore but uh yeah i'm i'm not down with those like if it's too impossible to skate then just like let it go you know what i mean <laughs> otherwise like you can extend that to fucking ollieing over like uh whatever like a football field or something or like you know what i mean like yeah just let that shit go dude i'm okay with the toe in okay sometimes you just need more speed mm. you know like who was it colin provost like frontside flipped over a like 12 foot fence off like a huge bank and i think that's only possible with with the motorcycle toe in and the spot's fully like unaugmented by skateboarders so I, i'm i'm okay with motorcycle toe in I think like the the toe in the motorcycle toe in kind of became cliche and like in certain situations they used it when it maybe wasn't necessary. I mean, I love footage of people like pushing like hell at something. And granted, there's obvious like physical limitations that come into play, but I, th- I think the motorcycle toe in just got played out. So put me down as agnostic about it. Yeah, I feel like video makers kind of made a thing of the motorcycle toe in. Like we're yeah. gonna we're gonna film. The motorcycle we're gonna film like the dude getting towed in and like you know it's some fucking dude on a cool harley or whatever um yeah like 
I think it'd be better to just not show the toe in and just be like, fuck, this dude's going real fast. Right. But but you have to show the toe in, though. Isn't that like the unwritten rule? So you know <laughs> that he was towed in, right? I think so. Yeah, I think you make a good point. Because, yeah, if, if you don't show the toe in, it's almost like cheating or fibbing. Was there something about uh, there's something about showing the toe in in the skate perception handbook? I I, I might be wrong, but <laughs> uh, we should have we should have um, brought that out for this discussion. I should have studied. Yeah, shit. We could we could have just been looking right at the right at the handbook right off the bat. Um, yeah, we we, we could have skipped over this whole conversation. Yeah, just just see the book. Yeah. What uh? Do we have any other uh, spot doctors? I I kind of like the up or down votes. Oh, wait, one more thing. Um, yeah, any type of, like, deception, like, making a fake, you know, using, like, fake brick paneling or whatever, or, like, building a ledge, like, uh, on the back of a building and, like, painting with essential, like, deliveries here or some shit, that's, no, there's no need for that. Get get that shit out of there. I'm, I'm going to be a contrarian here on that. I feel no. like... If- if you do a good enough job that nobody knows, then you're good. But if if we can tell, you're fucking blowing it. See, I think just because Steve Barrow was the originator, that <laughs> the whole the whole like tactic is verboten needlessly. Because yeah, if if you can make it look good, and if nobody ever knows, it's it's you know it's a victimless crime. Yeah, agreed. I guess, but like, has anyone ever pulled that off? Like, without anyone knowing, because the way people analyze shit all day long like it'd be pretty hard like i don't know dude that'd be pretty hard to pull off people will probably notice it i mean yeah. somebody unknown unknown somebody <laughs> might have pulled it off and we just don't know yeah yeah what's uh any anybody uh anybody have any uh stories of doing their own spot altering or anything that you had to do to make something make something work just last week i bonded uh the seam between two jersey barriers to make it skatable uh, I, I remember that clip. It it looks pretty terrible right now. Uh, I, I think I got to do some work, some painting, some sanding to make it blend in a little bit more. But it's it's a necessary evil to make it skatable. Yeah, I've uh I've built my share of concrete ledges in my day. Leave it that. It's fun. It's fun to build spots. Yeah, building stuff is fun. You feel you feel like uh you, you accomplished something kind of. Yeah, I'm strictly a parasite. I can't really say that I've ever ever built any spots. It was always like I said, just the the sign guy. Use some use the sign to get up some banks for wall rides or you know something that I I, I stuck to my rules. You know, it wasn't possible without my augmentation. So. Uh... I'm in the clear. Well, sign guy is an important member of the crew. <laughs> How many spots would we not be able to skate without the sign guy? Thanks for your contribution, Mike. Hey, thanks, man. Anytime. Uh, for our final topic this week, uh, we're going to talk about Quasi's new board, the controversial I Survived School Today board to raise awareness about school mass shootings. Uh, I believe there's an educator in our midst. Uh, Jason, yep. what was your gut reaction to it? Yeah, I mean, I love it. You know, at first I was like, uh, yeah, you know, so I like fully back it. Like at first it kind of reminded me of the, uh, the old Jason Lee American Icons board, but that board was kind of like, you know, more lighthearted, just kind of like poking fun at like redneck culture or whatever. You know, this one's kind of more, uh, kind of more focused. And, and uh, I guess to the extent that people actually give a shit about board graphics nowadays, it might, you know, end up being 
pretty iconic. Yeah, like we do those intruder drills at work. Like they're ridiculous. I was actually listening to like a newer Leonard Skinner record. Don't ask why. <laughs> it's from it's like it's from a Leonard Skinner record from like 2009. Like they have a new singer, obviously, and there's a song on there called God and Guns. And you know, there's people in this in this country that literally think they have a divine right to have whatever gun they want to. So fuck are you gonna do? But uh, yeah, they talk about arming teachers and shit. Like fuck, man. Like if, if only if I got to wear a cool like shoulder holster, like uh, Mark Wahlberg in The Departed or something like that, that would be tight. But you know someone's gonna leave it like on their desk or something. Some kid's gonna take it and fuck that. That'll be the end. So yeah, that's that's a pretty whacked out suggestion. But yeah, it's a tight graphic. I love it. I'm just picturing like lethal weapon Danny Glover, like <laughs> dually shoulder harnesses, white button yeah. down, a little sweated out. Like yeah, too, old, too old for this for shit. This when <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, I mean, too old for this shit, Mike. Uh, here we go again. I, I'd say it's definitely quasi's like most memorable graphic they've done today with the admission that like I, I, I haven't always been a huge fan of their output just because probably some of it I just didn't get like their stuff's uh sharpening up you know insanely timely and uh, I think you know whatever activism piece of donating uh proceeds from it is, is a good look for them uh you know as far as having a point of view on it I'll I'll kind of go with my personal experience like Jason did with the drills like after the Parkland shooting last year so I'm a community newspaper reporter and we had kids at the high schools I cover walking out and I'm talking to these young people who are like 10,000 times more uh, thoughtful about the issue than I was. This year's the the 20 year anniversary of Columbine. So that was my junior year of high school. And so I remember that, but like I never had to go through any of the drills or anything. So I think it's yeah, super timely graphic has probably has a lot of meaning for the kids or potential meaning for kids that would buy it skate it you know be it a statement one way or another because i know that uh at least maybe on the brand's instagram account like different interpretations were uh were bandied about on there so yeah good for them oh yeah even even on slap like in the thread on it on slap shout out uh i guess i mean shalom there was like a bunch of people came out of the woodwork with like uh bunch of like you know right-wing kind of uh you know alex jones type libertarian joe rogan type opinion and shit which is pretty surprising because you always like think about skaters being kind of like free thinking kind of uh you know progressive type uh thinkers but i guess not anymore yeah i think it was a lot of jankum comment threads that really kind of like sent it home to me that the uh yeah the, the makeup of skaters at least their political views are are, are evolving and yeah it, it is funny because you think there is this like anti-authority strain just like natural within skateboarding but uh you know there is uh maybe less of that anymore i don't know what uh what's your take on it templeton i thought it was pretty cool my wife is a teacher and she thought it was not cool yeah i think she just felt like it was in poor taste you know she's like a got little a, too gnarly basically yeah yeah like maybe a little too close to home she's got to go through drills and stuff too they haven't done any gnarly ones at her school with like you know the cops shooting cap guns and shit which is insane I but, covered one of those at a high school. There were there were no students there, but yeah, I went in and they were clearing rooms. <laughs> wow, pretty insane. Yeah, that must be intense to see. Just even even if it's a training exercise. Oh, I mean, they're they're like the guns themselves weren't that loud, but they had a fake shotgun that I, I they shot it and I wasn't expecting it. And man, I like you know duck and covered pretty damn quick. Wow. Man, like, no matter, I think like no matter how many drills you do, how many times you practice, all right, stay calm, get in the corner, whatever. Once people start hearing 
shots going off, all hell is going to fucking break loose. That's for damn sure. Yeah, it's like Mike Tyson says, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face. What's going to happen when somebody comes into your school with a gun? I mean, I think a lot of people will who aren't directly in the path will have time to collect themselves and react properly and rely on their training. But I think the people that are close by the action, uh, they're going to just have to rely on instinct. Yeah, it's gnarly. I remember uh, being at a funeral with the with the gun salute because it was a uh, you know the person had uh, you know had served in the military. And even when you know those are coming, man, they. They rattle, they rattle your ears, man. It's uh, it's really disconcerting, discombobulating. So um, maybe steering back towards the skateboard world. Um, seems like there's a little bit of a resurgence of political graphics between like Reels uh, Trump board that was popular in the past couple of years. I, I think like Polar's kind of maybe political, like critique of consumerism and Americanism writ large. Is is there an actual resurgence going on, do we think? Or or is it just that like the examples are jumping out to us? And I, I see this one jotted down, like does uh, does any of this political speech, whether or not you agree with it, really belong in skateboarding? Or is it kind of like putting the wor- real world into a... Uh, into something that doesn't need the real world in it. No, nah, no, nah, I mean, yeah, like Jim, Jim T's always been kind of on that tip, you know what I mean? And uh, also World, World was always more like satirical, mm-hmm. kind of funny, but they were, they, there was definitely some uh, social commentary going on, even though it was, you know, way, you know, over the top, of course. But the funny part was, and didn't Henry Sanchez, like, I don't know if he uh, actually filed a cease and desist, but, like, I think he made real stop making that board, like the Trump board, which is kind of like a takeoff of his uh, Crayola board. Oh, word. I didn't know about that connection to anything else. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know about that uh, connection either. That's interesting. But I I wonder if there is a, is more political board graphics now than ever I feel like there's not that many. There certainly weren't a lot when I was coming up, you know, in the 90s, early 2000s. I don't, I can't remember, can't really remember any that were political. You know, there were some that were maybe shocking or something like that, like some toy machine graphics that said religion, politics, lies. It's kind of as political as I can remember from, you know, the late 90s. Yeah, I can't remember any shit like that either. I mean, the economy was great. The magazines were thick. (laughs) No, nobody had a problem at that time. Everything was going great. So nothing to, nothing to be mad about, really. Is there a a, a company that we could consider woke at all? Or, uh, well, yeah, woke for better or worse. Is there anybody out there that like really fits the bill? Is it Unity a woke company? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I don't think of them as a brand, but yeah, Unity Skateboarding. Yeah, they make boards. I guess Real, like, Real's still on that tip. They still have some political type shit going out every once in a while. Who the fuck fuck else? If Alien was still Alien, they would probably be on that tip, but in their currently constituted form, nah. They could have come up with some interesting stuff for our times, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, they did an InfoWars collaboration, which is is pretty uh, (laughs) insane. (coughs) What the hell, dude? I I think for context, it was like six or seven years ago, was it? So maybe not full-blown InfoWars, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think at the time, InfoWars and Alien Workshop had a bigger overlap than they probably 
do now as far as like the conspiracy theories felt more fun probably then like more like alien workshop than problematic and dangerous like right. wars is now but like and, lizard people and shit yeah just some like fucking weird shit i i don't know for sure i wasn't a reader of Infowars at the time or now so i can't say for sure but from what i've uh gleaned from instagram comments and slap magazine threads i think Infowars at the time was not quite what it is now. Although I'm sure like, if somebody wanted to dig deep, they could find plenty of problematic like writing. Alex Jones still did it, right? It was his site in a YouTube channel or whatever. He was still involved. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's his uh, baby or whatever. Yep. I only know Alex Jones from the guy who does the Alex Jones impression on the Howard Stern show. Last night I heard this politician talking about his brand new mission. Lacked his plans, but they came undone when it got around to God and guns. Uh, Mike, what are you stoked on? Ooh, what am I stoked on? I am stoked on uh, this dude. I don't really know. I didn't know who he was before I saw him in the Spitfire clip on Instagram. So I'm going to try to say his name. I think he's a Scandinavian. Billy Vester? Billy Wester? Yeah, he did a 360 flip in that clip. And the reason I'm stoked on it, it was on flat ground is that it was like a weird wonky tray flip where he like popped it more than scooped it and then there was actual like front foot action and it flipped really quick and he caught it. Basically, the point is I was stoked on that because um, for a long time, 360 flips became like that in-between trick that dudes did on concrete school hallways in Southern California. And like the trick kind of got deaded for a while because it got so easy so wrote as far as like okay i'm gonna do a ledge trick do the tray flip and then do the harder ledge trick and that's my line and uh yeah so anytime i see a weird 360 flip i'm hyped on it and it seems like it's kind of more in line with the tricks origins too where like instead of just like some dudes do it like a pressure flip now you, you see that on ig where it's all back foot and i think uh guys like jason lee or mike carroll mike carroll has front foot action in there so I'm stoked anytime uh, you see some variation on that. And uh, to finish up, um, shout out Felipe Gustavo, whose 360 flip is completely confounding because it's like the weirdest damn trick there is. Looks like he's like stepping over a baby gate to get into his kitchen the way he does it. But um, he does it so weird that I've come, I've, 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 I've turned the corner on it. It looks different than the other way. Like it, it's so stanky leg that it's become its own trick. So um, I'm it's stoked uh, on weird 360 flips. The Scandinavian guy does he actually like try like try to pop it like Caleb? No, it's a different technique. Like it's it's like it popped and then he flicked it. Whereas like I feel like Caleb has a has like like the feet work in unison. It was like a yeah, two yeah, yeah, for sure. The dude did so. Yeah, I'm sure Templeton will link to it in the show notes. Oh, I definitely will. I've already made a GIF of it because I saw it in the uh, prep notes. I just texted it to Jason, and I will tweet it tomorrow. So Beautiful. head to at Mostly Skate on Twitter to see. Uh, I always say his name is Vile Vester. I don't know. Vile Vester. I don't know how how far off I am on that, but to see his 360 flip on flat, peep it on Twitter. Will it be in GIF format? Of course. They don't call me the skate gift king for nothing. Oh, uh, yeah, that's what I thought. Didn't they say that in, like, GQ magazine or something? <laughs> uh, yeah, Noah Johnson did. 
on GQ. <laughs> Damn. That's so why. I, that's why I feel okay calling myself the skate gift king because somebody else did it first. Word. Well, uh, Jason, what are you stoked on? Yeah. Well, once again, I'm stoked on the NBA playoffs. Usually, the first round is you know okay. There might be a couple good games, but this round. There seems to be some actual, like, animosity, you know, in a level of, really high level of, you know, pettiness, like, dudes fucking with each other and shit like that. Like, the game last night, well, we're recording this on Wednesday, so the game last night, uh, Damian, Damian Lillard, I was kind of watching the game on and off because I was out, I was playing bar trivia or whatever, and then I got home, I was watching the end of it, I was, like, in and out of consciousness, and uh, I think I saw the end of it, I was like, fuck, like, that's crazy. That was one of the craziest things I've ever seen, or maybe seen, because I was standing in a contest in a basketball game. So that was crazy. Also, the uh, the Brooklyn Philly series, there was a fight which spilled out into the stands, which was awesome. Don't see that that much anymore. And uh, yeah, looking forward to Philly Boston, which is probably going to be a fucking all out bar fight, which should be pretty tight. So that's the mostly skateboarding sports update for the week. Uh, also, the new Brian Delaney part on uh, Quarter Snacks is pretty tight. Uh, you know me, I'm the biggest like proponent of the uh boston ledge ninja aesthetic and lifestyle so you know it's your usual like low impact tech shit mostly eggs which is pretty tight and uh i think dana erickson does this crazy like peak mark johnson level trick which is pretty tight as well and so i hope i'm saying this guy's name right vincent tuzeri is that how you say his name so the french guy french guy on 917 that's how they said it on the bunt so i'm just gonna go with that yeah, those guys are French or whatever anyway, so that they're probably right. But, uh, yeah, he's pro. I think he had the best part in Blessed. Definitely had the best song. And, uh, yeah, I like, I'm like. i pretty stoked on 917 because their brand identity is kind of, like, malleable. They can kind of make it whatever they want to be. They can skate to, like, uh, Mill and Colin or whatever the fuck, or they can, you know, do some house shit. So, yeah, pretty stoked on 917 as a brand. Wish I could get some boards down here. That's cool. So, yeah, pretty stoked on that, too. Fully deserves the pro nod. Hopefully, there's a going pro video part on the way. Templeton, what are you stoked on? Uh, I'm stoked on a new podcast called Running from Cops. It's a podcast about the reality show Cops, which I used to watch as a kid and be really stoked on. And I've caught a few episodes more recently. And I'm like, man, this sucks. Like, these cops are assholes. Like, these, <laughs> these people are, like, having a really bad time, and it's being filmed for our entertainment, and that just kind of sucks. But it's, it, used to be the other, it used to be the other way around, right? The whole point of cops was, like, these people are, like, uh, they're, like, grown-ups, but they're, act- they're basically acting like infants or whatever, and the cops have to, like, deal with it. Yeah, it, it when I watched it as a kid, it felt like a um, promo video for law enforcement. And <laughs> when I watch it now, it feels like voyeuristic and exploitive and shitty. I guess there's a lot of people on there with like substance abuse issues and stuff. Yeah, it's just sad, you know. Like, yeah, this guy's like got a problem, and now he's on on reality TV. You know, that's probably going to affect him for the rest of his life. It's like, oh, that's the dude from Cops. It's like, oh, I'm clean now. Like, it's it's an interesting deep dive into the, the TV series Cops. So yeah, what what form does it take? I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out what they're doing as far as how they're talking about cops. Uh, they're kind of getting behind the scenes, talking to the people who ran the show, people who were, you know, some of the cops, some of the perpetrators, how oh, wow. being on Cops affected their lives. Uh, talking about how producers 
produced scenarios to be more telegenic. Uh, I'm only two episodes in, so I'm sure there's lots more story to tell, but it's it's been interesting so far. Wow, uh, I, uh, I can't believe they, they doctored a reality TV show. That's crazy. <laughs> well, that wraps up another episode of the Mostly Skateboarding podcast. You can find links and other show notes at mostlyskateboarding.net. You can find me on Twitter at Mostly Skate, on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding. Uh, where can the people find you, Jason? Instagram at Frozen and Carbonite, Twitter at Carbonite1994, and writing stuff for Quartersnacks, quartersnacks.com. Oh, I am uh, both on Instagram and Twitter at M Munzenrider. So uh, see y'all on the internet. I want to end the show and just send my condolences and a rest in peace to Pablo Ramirez, a.k.a. P-Spliff, from the GX1000 crew who uh, lost his life skating this week. Super sad. Uh, my heart goes out to his family and his friends. Really sad. Really sad.